0: Welcome to the Emerging Minds Families Podcast. Hi, I'm Alicia Ranford and you're listening to an Emerging Minds Families Podcast. Being a child is a unique and important stage of life where we learn and grow. It's a time when we explore the world around us, discover our interests and form important relationships with family and friends. Our childhood experiences often shape who we are and how we view the world. When you grow up with a parent who experiences mental health difficulties, there can be some challenges, but it can also help children to develop a greater sense of empathy and understanding, as well as create strong bonds between families as they work to navigate the ups and downs. Today we are talking to Abby Clark. She is 18 years of age and is generously sharing her experiences of growing up with a father who experiences mental health difficulties. Welcome, Abby. It's so wonderful of you to be here with us today. G'day, it's lovely to be here. Abby, could you tell me a little bit about your family? Yeah, so our family is a family of five. I've
1: got dad, mum, I've got two older brothers, and then there's myself. Our parents have since separated quite recently, and my brothers, they've moved out of home now, I've moved out of
0: home. So we're still, you know, a family, but we're off kind of in our own little pathways. Abby, what do you remember in those early years when your dad was unwell? I sort of remember feeling a lot of fear. I suppose his illness was more so
1: characterised by anger, hostility and also avoidance obviously a lot of that avoidance I didn't quite see it's a little bit harder to see than the outrage and the anger that's a little bit less subtle so I saw a lot of that anger and looking back I can see that mum She was trying to shield us to the best of her ability. And in a way, I do thank that, but there is a time where you just can't shield anymore and shielding probably does more damage than
0: being open about it. But there were some things that she just couldn't shield. And what age were you when he was experiencing these mental health difficulties? I was four or five when it sort of came to life, his mental illness.
1: Recovery is quite long, of course. So I was exposed
0: to this ill behaviour all up until sort of like the age of 10. If you think back, when did you first remember learning that your dad was having difficulties he didn't tell us straight away so I wasn't quite as young as when it started
1: he took a moment to tell us he kind of stabilized himself first so I was probably around six-ish
0: at the time and what what do you remember do you did mum and dad sit you down and explain to you in some way what was happening in the house yeah
1: we all had a little
0: family meeting
1: on their bedroom bed we all sat down on the bed and he just opened up about it and mum was there and she was chiming in every now and again and we just kind of sat it was a bit of a quiet conversation we didn't really have a whole lot to say. And so did you feel like you understood what mum and dad were saying to you? I actually didn't really I kind of understood what they were trying to convey but I didn't really see the significance in the conversation because I just couldn't quite comprehend what they were telling me so it's kind of like if a stranger just stops you in the street and says hey um, I'm sick but I'm, I'm getting some treatment you're kind of like oh okay um that's good for you sorry to hear.
0: I've got to go now. The only question about the conversation was, what's for dinner? Do you remember how you felt after mum and dad had sat you down on their bed and explained to you that dad was unwell? I sort of felt a little
1: bit of sympathy, I think. You you just hear that someone's unwell. And you just have that sort of response, oh, that's bad, being unwell is bad, I I hope he gets better soon. We were less so concerned about the implications that that would have on our family because we didn't really have a whole lot of association between being ill in the head and any other consequences from that. So I wasn't really fearful of anything that would happen as a result of that, as a
0: result of his illness. And did you feel like because mum and dad said it was going to be okay... was going to be
1: okay. Yeah, I did. I had a lot of trust in what they told me because if mum and dad say it's going to be okay,
0: then surely it must be okay, right? What changes did you notice in the house as dad worked to support himself and his mental health? Before we'd kind of become
1: aware of this issue as kids, he had already resigned from his work and he took some time off work to be a stay-at-home father. And then he sort of picked up little gigs on the side. So doing like tomato picking, helping out on people's farms, stuff like that. He wasn't working a whole lot and he spent a lot of time in the home and we definitely noticed that because we're home a lot of the time as well so in a way we were exposed to a lot of different things we were still exposed to his symptoms but we were also exposed to him learning and we were exposed to the techniques that he applied. So he was really big on finding hobbies and exploring hobbies as a way to cope with mental illness. So we went fishing, we went camping, we went hiking. We were just doing all these little activities and he would just drag us along and we would have the time of our lives, essentially. And I just remember, like I look back on that time as being very golden. It just felt like a
0: long summer. And in a way, I'm quite grateful that we were able to pull that off. And you said to me when we talked before, that you felt like you became a more effective family. Can you describe that to me?
1: Yeah, we became a more effective family because we became more vulnerable and we accepted the honest truth. We talked about the honest truth and together as a family, we counted that honest truth. We learned as a family, we were transparent, we grew We tried challenges and he passed down the knowledge that he learned to us and we were able to implement those strategies of effective communication, emotional regulation and all of that. And that really helped us to be a better family and to cooperate better.
0: And you said to me also that there was a shift in your family and you shifted to being a more open and honest family.
1: Yeah, before the conversation and before opening up to this issue that we were facing, we felt like quite a desolate family. It just felt quite isolated and quite dull and everything was like whispers and everything was hush-hush and just like these artificial moments of happiness and these artificial moments of security that mum had constructed for us. And that's just not sustainable. And eventually we would have grown out of that and everything was just black and white. So when we opened up about this, we became honest, we became transparent. We were able to face our world properly and that just brought a whole lot of colour into our lives. And I'm so thankful that we had
0: this revelation. I really love how you say... We had this revelation. We did this. So it sounds like you really managed things as a family. It wasn't about dad's mental illness. It was about as a family, how can we work together to make our family's lives more happy and more open and honest?
1: We definitely treated it as a family issue and as a family collective struggle. I think that is so important because at the end of the day, you need the family to solve the issue. So you have to, as a family, address the issue. We still acknowledge that this was something related to dad, that the solutions, we approach them through our relationships with him, through our treatment around him, our behaviour around him.
0: It's a progress that we partake in as a family. That's absolutely beautiful. And one of the things that you've said to me previously was we all recovered so it wasn't just about dad's recovery it was about your recovery as a family
1: yeah exactly i suppose it's like a pendulum and you grab the ball and you swing it back and when you let go of that ball it doesn't just arrive back to the place that it started it actually swings further than that so we healed as a family and we grew strong as a family and we were able to learn all these things about mental illness and about recovery that we implement
0: constantly in our lives today. And I know from conversations before that you said you became a more active family. What was some of the ways that activity helped you and your brothers and sisters and your mum and dad heal? It's as, as a lot
1: of people know now that being active and doing things is really, really good for the brain. So activity is really important. So that emphasis in its own is already so important um, and so productive for us. And another thing was that in doing these activities, we come together as a family more because a lot of these activities are family-based. Even soccer, like the mum, mum and dad are coming along to our soccer games and we're, we're spending more time as a family. And I think the emphasis on activity it keeps our mind off of things at home. It gets us in a better mood. We learn skills that you practice in the activity.
0: So it was just really beneficial for us. Looking back, how do you feel about going through this period with your family?
1: This period was very, very difficult. And I won't truly be able to comprehend the effects that illness has had on me. I suffer mood disorders and mental instability. And I don't know if that's just regular genetics or if that's because of what we were exposed to. Because when you're a emotionally dysregulated parent, it can affect your kids and it can affect their brains in ways that you can't fully comprehend and I still feel the fear. Sometimes dad grows out his beard a little bit and it still brings me back to the time where he had a beard and the time where he would yell at us. So it's still quite emotional and it still has its carry on effects. However, I'm so thankful for what we learned because I know so much about mental illness and I've practiced that myself. I've practiced that in my own recovery. I've helped friends with it. I've referred friends to psychologists and to kids help and I've given them action plans and all of this I learned through my dad and all of that he learned through his own experience and without that I don't know where I would be today I really don't
0: so I'm so grateful for what we learned through that experience. Abby now you understand that dad was experiencing mental health difficulties and was trying to support not only himself but the family during his recovery process do you have any reflections as his daughter on that time in his life? Being able to
1: admit that you're in a difficult position is something that everyone has to do in their life. And you can't just keep putting it off. You can't keep being in denial and you can't keep just trying harder, trying to work yourself out of this problem. You know, he's stressed because of work. So the answer is to work harder. Surely just work harder, work harder and it'll all be fine. But... Oftentimes, it's not about trying harder. It's about trying something different. And it takes a lot of strength. It takes problem solving. It takes resilience. It takes honesty. And for you to be a model of that to your children, it's priceless. And now I know that it's okay to seek help. I know that it's okay to be ill and to recognise that. And I know how important it is to try to get out of that. And through all of this... I respect and I admire my dad for getting help. A lot of the recovery process was trial and error. He tried a bunch of different things, and a bunch of different things didn't work, but a bunch of different things did. So, not only through his trial and error does he is he able to pass on really refined, effective solutions and practices, but he's also able to teach us how to implement trial and error in our own lives. So, I look back on what he's learned and what I've learned, and what what he's modelled to me. So, things like. remember he would come into my room and he would insist that I do these breathing exercises and I'd just be so bored of it and I'd say it doesn't work it doesn't work but he'd, he'd teach me to have a good hard crack at it and to this day I don't really like breathing exercises but I was able to find things that did. So one of the practices that he told me about was How he just couldn't face things sometimes and he was so avoidant and it just seemed like such a big task and he would dread it. And he told me that he would break it down into steps, smaller steps that he could face. Going to the men's shed, it was really important to him to get out to see people to do something. But sometimes it was just unbearable to face. So he would just say, I just have to get my car keys. I just have to walk out the door. I'll just sit in the car for a little bit. I'll just start the engine. I'll just drive there and I'll just park outside. And to this day, I hear that and that becomes like my inner voice. And I start talking to myself like that. Abby, I'll just open up the Google Doc. Abby, I'll just start typing a couple words. Avi, I'll just spend 10 minutes doing my assignment and it makes things more bearable. So that's another skill that I've practiced as a result of what he's learned. And there's so many more skills that I've learned from him and that I've learned through my own searching and that I've been reassured by his trial and error. In seeking my own therapists, I was getting frustrated that I wasn't finding the right one. And he said to me that he had one that he saw and it just wasn't right. And he stuck it out and it just wasn't right. And that gave me hope that I can eventually find someone that is right for me, just like he did. So that trial and error is so important and
0: I'm so grateful for that. What incredible skills for you to use in your life as you navigate the ups and downs that inevitably come in all of our lives. It's it's really remarkable. It's good. I'm so glad for it. What would you say to any parents listening today who are perhaps experiencing difficulties themselves and are not sure about how to tell their kids? I would tell them to be appropriately honest.
1: Sure, if you need to stabilize yourself, if you want to work out a little bit more about mental illness and if you want to do a little bit of mobility and just stabilize yourself just for a little bit, that's okay. You can take a little bit of time, put yourself together before you tell your kids. You don't have to open up all at once. You can also break it up into little conversations. You don't have to say it all in one go. You can get a large chunk of the way out and just sort of solidify it gradually. You don't have to go into the absolute disgusting and dark and confronting parts they don't necessarily need to hear that but it is important that you use appropriate terminology if you think about it like a baby you talk to the baby and you say this is a banana do you want a banana what is this what color is this and you talk them through your world because eventually they're going to have to have their own world that they have to face and that they have to navigate so describe your world to them make sense of your world to them and they'll be able to make sense of their own so use the right terminology say that you're ill say that you're seeking help that you're using treatment that you're using medication familiarize them with the appropriate terminology and they'll be able to apply that in their own lives and i just encourage you to be honest because i admire my dad and i'm thankful
0: for my dad and i would encourage you to privilege your kids to be able to say the same i need to keep reminding myself that you are 18 years of age you're, ab- you're absolutely remarkable, Abby. It's amazing. Thank you. And what would you say to kids whose parents have shared with them that they have mental health difficulties? Do you have any advice for them from your own experiences?
1: My advice is it will be tricky mm-hmm. and we shouldn't really sugarcoat things. It, it will be difficult. Healing is difficult and it can be scary and it can be challenging. So it's okay if you feel scared and it's okay that you feel challenged. That is so normal, but just have trust that the emotions that you feel now will not feel as big as it is now forever. The situation that you're in will not be as big in the future. Things will change. What you feel right now will not be what you feel forever. That's what I'd like to tell kids who are in the same boat. Take care of yourself as well. You can't always support your parents for everything and it's not necessarily your responsibility to help them heal so look out for yourself as well don't assume full responsibility and full burden for their issues take time for yourself do the things that make you happy and do the things that make you well but just have trust in that progress is not linear there will be so-called setbacks but setbacks is still moving forward and setbacks are still progression and growth so just have trust in it
0: Abby, a lot of families tell us that the stigma around mental health difficulties is hard. Did you feel this when dad was unwell? So I suppose another thing
1: to understand with the stigma that you are exposed to with mental illness is that your kids aren't necessarily exposed to the same thing. When I was growing up, I had no sense of any stigma to mental illness. Kids don't tend to stigmatize things. And especially when they're really young, they just don't have any sense of anything else. So you make your own reference point. You make your own definitions. You make your own reality about mental illness. Mental illness doesn't have to be this scary and shameful thing if you convey to your kids otherwise. You have have license in your healing and you have license in the way you explain things and the way that you define things kids are really malleable so I wasn't exposed to any ideas that mental illness made you weak or that there was something wrong with you and that it could never be fixed we we made our own reality for mental illness so essentially what I'm trying to say is that you don't have to worry about your kids judging you uh, because there's a good chance that they haven't been exposed to these judgments and that if they have there's a good chance that you can
0: change those and what I'm hearing is say is that you still loved your dad just as much even though he was experiencing these difficulties
1: absolutely absolutely I did he did not change in my perception for the negative at all and in hindsight he changed so much for the positive there's something so admirable about seeking help and about being honest. So there was no judgment. There was no criticism for him opening up
0: about that. Absolutely none. And Abby, you've talked about your family life when you were young and dad was having difficulties. How would you describe your family now? I suppose my family now, it looks like healthy communication.
1: That's something I'm so proud about is the way that we are able to talk and be open about our emotions. We are able to ask for things that we need we're able to say i'm sorry but i am not in the emotional state to have this conversation with you right now we're able to say i'm sorry but i'm just going to need more time we're able to communicate our requests we're able to discuss things that we're facing we're just a lot more honest and in being more honest we can be more effective we can be Better children, we can be better parents, we can be better siblings to each
0: other. For that, I'm so thankful. If our listeners today remember nothing else, what would be the key thing you want them to remember from hearing your story? The key thing I would want them to remember is to be honest. You will never be able to tackle a
1: problem that you haven't first truly opened up to. You can't solve a problem that you haven't properly addressed. So don't shelter your kids from the truth. Don't hide them. Don't tell them it's all going to be okay and that nothing. Nothing's wrong if that's not entirely true. So address the problem and then you can tackle it as a family and just have trust that you will end up in a better spot have trust in that the process is not linear, but that progress is progress and it doesn't
0: all look positive. You are such a remarkable young person and I really want to thank you for spending time with us today. Thank you so much. No, it's been an absolute pleasure and
1: I really enjoyed being able to do this and being able to talk about this because I do think it's a really important topic and I'm hoping that some people can just learn even just a tiny little bit from this.
0: I think there is absolutely no doubt that anyone listening today will have learnt so much from hearing your story. Thank you, Abby. Thank you. Visit our website at www.emergingminds.com.au forward slash families for a wide range of free information and resources to help support child and family mental health. Emerging Minds leads the National Workforce Centre for Child Mental Health. The centre is funded by the Australian Government Department of Health under the National Support for Child and Youth Mental Health Programme.